Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Join me in the book of Micah, chapter 6. Micah, chapter 6. I want to look specifically at verse 8. Micah 6, 8 says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Hallelujah. Now we know what the Lord requires of us, what the Lord desires with our daily life, that we would do justly, living righteously before Him. That includes walking in the righteousness that He's made us to be in Christ. It includes keeping our our behavior, our life in line with what He has declared to be right for us, serving the Lord with all of our heart, loving the Lord with all of our heart. Amen? Loving one another. Amen. Walking in love. It says that we would love mercy. That we would be compassionate by nature. That's demonstrating the mercy and the compassion of God. And then it says to walk humbly with. To walk with God. To walk humbly with God. Every believer, every person born again is called to walk with the Lord. In your life, in every area of your life, one of the most important reasons He has redeemed us is to be in fellowship with us. He did not desire what the offering of the animal sacrifices was producing. It was never God's plan. It was not God's desire. It was a placeholder. It was a temporary situation that was brought on because of the sin of Adam and Eve that God had to bring the innocent animal to cover their sin and to provide that innocent blood covering throughout the years that we see from the beginning of Genesis all the way through the Old Testament. Those blood coverings could never accomplish a relationship that God desired, it could only hold people in a place that they could one day be redeemed. It was not a redeeming blood. It was an atoning sacrifice. It was a covering sacrifice, not a cleansing sacrifice. And so when Jesus fulfilled the will of God, when the the heavenly declaration went out that the the Lamb of God has prevailed, the Lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the book. 
The book was talking about the will of God. It was a scroll that, that contained the will of God and it was shut up. It was closed off. It was not available to mankind because of the sin that had occurred in the garden. And all of mankind was walking in a limited placeholder if they were allowing the blood sacrifice to, to cover their sin. They were in a place, a holding pattern until the blood of Jesus could be shed and the righteousness could be made available. When he, he fulfilled redemption, He said, I've come to do your will, O God. It says in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, it says that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord to make him sick because when the travail of his soul was seen, because his righteous son would make many justified. Amen. So we can walk justly before the Lord. We can walk with him in a relationship because Jesus has fulfilled the, the full necessary payment for our redemption. Amen. But walking with the Lord is a progress. We've talked recently about the, the process of maturity that every believer comes in as a babe and it says in 1 Peter that we should desire the sincere milk of the Word. Why? So that we may grow thereby. We're not supposed to remain at one place in our spiritual development. We're supposed to mature. We're supposed to develop in our walk with God. And one thing that will take place as we mature is that we will see our place in the family. You know, when little children in their very uh, uh, infancy and toddler stages, uh, they don't have chores. They don't have many responsibilities. They're not yet ready for responsibilities. But as they begin to grow, it's wise to begin letting them know you have a part to play. You know, uh, Lily understands she she has some things that she's capable of doing. You know, she can bring her table, her, her, her plate from the table to the sink after dinner. She helps me. She can put out the napkins and set the napkins at the dinner table. She can put out the spoons and the forks at the dinner table. She's got some responsibility. She doesn't have all that she's going to have. Because I'm growing that girl up. And she's going to help me cook. She's going to help me clean the house. I got plans, right? Why? Because she's a part of this household. And as we're growing in the things of God, we recognize we have a part to play in the work of our Father. We have a part to play in the local church. We have a part to play. We, we all have something that we can help do in the local church. Amen? And that's not the purpose of this, this, this teaching today. But while we're here, we just might as well touch on it, right? A part of our growing up is recognizing, hey, if I eat here, I need to help clean up the table. If I'm receiving here, if I'm growing here, let me do something to help. Amen? And so, uh, walking with God. God never wants us to build something for Him. He wants to work and walk together with us. He, He doesn't want us doing it for Him without Him. He wants us to do it with Him and by Him. Amen? Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians 2, let's look at verse 10. For we are His workmanship, 
We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Do you see that? We are created in Christ. We are in Christ now. As believers, we have been placed in Christ. We are in Christ as our spiritual geographical location. If you were to look at me in the Spirit, you're going to find me in Christ. I have been placed in Him. In Him I live. In Him I move. In Him I have my being. We are in Christ and we learn how to operate from our place in Christ by building our faith about our position in Christ. We learn that I have been seated together with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been buried with Christ. I've been raised with Christ. I've been seated together with Christ. And because that is true about me, because of the cross, because of His death on the cross, His burial, because of His paying the price in hell for me, because God raised Him from the dead, all of those things were for me to the point that I can take it personally that I am now in Christ. And when he seated Christ at the right hand, I'm there too. I'm there with Christ. We are seated together with Christ. But notice, we are created in Christ unto good works. Our work is our work in Christ. What we do for the kingdom, what we do for God is in Christ. What we do in our our service to the Lord is in Christ. We are created in Christ unto good works. And these works God has ordained, determined, prepared, and prescribed. Those are all definitions from the Greek language. I'll give them to you again. Ordained means determined, prepared, and described. Prescribed. Like a prescription. God prescribed what you're going to do. When he, when he created Sarah Clemens, He created her with a specific prescription of what Sarah was designed to do. What Sarah was created to do. It is, it is a detriment for us to tell children, you can be whatever you want to be. Because they weren't created to be something other than what God created them to be. If they will, if we will instead tell them you can be everything God designed you to be, we will set them on the correct course because if they look out here in the natural for what they think they want to be instead of looking in here in their spirit to ask God, what did you design me to be? What did you create for me? If I'm looking in the spirit for the answer that God has when he prescribed the prescription for what my life was designed for, then I'll be accurate and I won't spend years chasing after dreams that were not birthed by God. Amen? Amen. So He created us in Christ unto these good works. Every one of us are designed to do heavenly works, designed to do kingdom works. They're all unique. They are all specific to what He put in us, what He placed in us, what He positioned in us when He created us. And it says that we have to walk in them. The Amplified Bible, is, is, uh, it amplifies that meaning a little bit. 
It says that we are living the good life. Can you bring me up Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified Bible? Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when we recognize that these works are already ordained, that there are things that we are designed to do that are already heavenly assigned, then our job is to find our assignment. Our job is to get in line with the Word of God and let the Word of God develop us, let it bring us to maturity, let us find our place in the family and say, God, I'm here to do my part. The Amplified says you are God's own handiwork, His workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece, a unique. There's no one else like you. There's no one else with, with what God placed in you. You are His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined. Those good works which God planned beforehand for us. They are planned. God's not coming up with your design. He already designed you. He's not, he's not trying to figure out something you could do. <laughs> well, I don't know. What are we going to do? I didn't need, I was, they got saved and now we need a plan for them. No, the plan was there when he formed you in your mother's womb. We know that he said to Jeremiah, I ordained you to be a prophet before, I, before you were in your mother's womb. From your mother's womb, I already had your calling. I already had your, your assignment. I already had the anointings that you were going to walk in. Yeah. We've got to develop spiritually to do it. It's not going to happen just because you get saved, just because you own a Bible. You've got to bring yourself to the Lord and begin to walk with Him. And you've got to make yourself available to grow and to mature and to That's recognize these as assignments. There are some assignments that aren't going to come until you reach a place of maturity. Yeah. There are some assignments that are not going to come until you found yourself faithful. The Apostle Paul said that God has counted me faithful putting me in the ministry. He had to come to that place of faithfulness. He was at one place in ministry. He was a teacher, a prophet and a, a teacher and then God called him into a greater responsibility. But it wasn't until he was faithful in the area uh, that God had placed him in first. Philip was uh, faithful as a deacon before God called him to be an evangelist. Before he put on him the anointings of, of the gift of miracles or the gift of faith. He said, I've got to see if you're going to be faithful to feed the widows, the Grecian widows. Are you going to be faithful in this assignment? Can I trust you to run the camera? Come on, can I trust you to show up and be a greeter when you're assigned to be a greeter that day? Because if I can't trust you in those places, how can I impart into you or deliver to you these other anointings that I've designed? I've set them up for you. You're supposed to be walking in it. But there's a maturity that has to come before we're trusted with these greater riches. The anointings are a greater uh, riches than finances. So if I'm not faithful to tithe, how can God put anointing in me? A more, anointing is more powerful than money. Yeah. Anointing is of greater value in the kingdom than money. If I don't treat money right and honor God with my money, how is God going to trust me with the greater riches of His anointings? He's planned beforehand. Taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. 
The path is already prepared. The works are already ordained. The design is already in place. Now I know what I need to be asking. If you know that, then it's not that you're not looking, you're not trying to forge your own path. You're not trying to make your own way. You know God's already got a path. He's already planned it beforehand. So now I go to Him and I say, Lord, what is the next step I take? What is the path you have for me? Show me the path. Do I need to turn left or do I need to turn right? Do I need to, to move forward? What, what is it that I need to do? You're searching because He's already got the plan. He's already got the design. He's already got the path. But we come to Him with our openness. We come to Him with our yieldedness. Walking humbly with God. Walking humbly with God. And as we, we approach this, we recognize how God has set things up. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's the head of the church. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. Ephesians 1, 22. He has just gone through uh, the, the prayer that we often use uh, and then talking about the working of His mighty power. Verse 22, it says, He has put all things under His feet. God has put all under subjection to Jesus. He has put all under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all. Gave him to be the head over all to the church. He gave Jesus the position as head of the church. For us not to be in, 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 uh, interested in church is for us to say, I'm not interested in what Jesus is doing. For us to say church isn't important is for us to say, Jesus who is the head of the church, I, I want him, but I don't want what he's head of. That's not going to work very long. That's not, you're not going to get very, past, very far past milk as a baby until we say, I submit to what the head is doing. He is the head of the church. Amen? Amen. And so to recognize Jesus is, as head of the church is to recognize His authority to govern me. To recognize His authority not just to govern me, but to govern all of us who are blood-bought. That's why the love command is required and I, I see it's going to be required for eternity. I never see the love command lifted off the body of Christ because God is love. He is going to govern us by His love and going to require that we love each other because we're the body. If we're not operating in line with that command, there's going to be strife in the body which is called sickness in the natural. If you've got in your natural body, if you have cells, if you have uh, 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 parts of your blood, let's say, for instance, you, uh, uh, certain, certain parts of your, your body start fighting against you, certain parts of your immune system starts fighting against other parts of your body, it produces diseases. It produces diseases. Your body fighting against itself. Things in your bloodstream fighting against other parts of your body. 
And that's what happens when people are not operating in the love command, not fulfilling the love command. And they're, what they're not recognizing is Jesus bought her just like he bought me. Jesus paid for him just like he paid for me. He washed him with the blood just like he washed me with the blood. So I've got to, I've got to, he, that, that fellow Christian is just as valuable to God as I am to God. And I've got to treat them and esteem them with the same value that God would esteem them. He is the head of the church, Colossians 1.18. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, 1.18. And He is the head of the body. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. He is the head of the body. We are the body. He is the head. As we grow and mature, we come into a greater response of yieldedness. We come into a greater submission to the head. I am yours to command. I am here to do what you've called me to do. I'm not here to pursue my own agenda. I'm not here to follow after my own desires. I submit my desires to you and I want you to help form my desires. I want the desires you have for me. And you know what I found out? You know, in the beginning of my walk with God, I, I, had, I had things I thought I wanted. And I was going to use my faith to go after those things I thought I wanted. And I'm like, Lord, I want that. I want that. I'm believing for that. I'm believing for that. And, and finally, I came to realize that if I will bring my want to God and say, Lord, give me the desire that you want me to have, they're always better. My, my wants always fell short of what God wanted to do. That would be like, like somebody coming up to, a, 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 to Peyton and say, you know, Peyton, do you want this $100 bill or do you want these shiny coins? And he likes the shiny coins and says, oh, he wants the coins. And you, I could give you the $100 bill. No, shiny coins, shiny coins. I can play with them. They're shiny. The value has not, the, the, the maturity is not at a place because he's so little. He doesn't recognize that $100 bill has the value of all the thousands of those coins in it. Take the hundred. Here would be his mama on the other side. Take the hundred, boy. Take the hundred. Take the hundred dollar bill. No, mommy, I want the shiny coins, shiny coins. And he's reaching for the coins. But that's what I was doing. God was trying to give me what he knew was valuable, what he knew would be pleasing to me. And I'm reaching for what I thought was shiny. That submission of our will, that submission, knowing, trusting that what God has planned for me is a thousand times better than anything I could choose. What He has designed for us is extravagant in comparison of what we can imagine. Hallelujah. So this recognition that Jesus is the head of the church and we are the body, brings us to the place of connection. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. We're walking with the Lord. Ephesians 4, 15 says, Speaking the truth in love, you may grow up into Him. That's where the path is going to take us. We're growing up into Him. 
We're growing up into Christ in all things, which is the head, even the body, uh, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Stop right there. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part. You are a part that this verse is talking about. Can you show me amplified of this verse right here? The amplified says, When each part with its power adapted to its need is working properly in all of its functions. When each part, each one of us have a part to play. Each one of us have a part in God's design. When all of us are adapted and working properly in our function, hallelujah, the body is edified. The body is joined together. The body is coming together. And then it says, makes increase of the body. That's how the church grows. That's how the church grows because every person in their place, we're able to reach more. We're able to touch more lives. We're able to disciple more people. God's not going to bring us any more people than we can raise. If we can't disciple them, then why would God bring them for us to lose them? Right? We've got to all sit up and take our part because I can't disciple everybody that's coming in. I can feed everybody, but, but I need help making disciples. All of us are assigned with making disciples. And that's how we live our lives. That's, that's joining up and connecting and being, being a, a godly friend and, and bringing our faith to a relationship and bringing our walk with God to a relationship and helping people serve God together. Yeah. Amen. That's how we make increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Praise God. Praise God. So we want to be working properly. Hallelujah. With Him. We're working with Him. We're walking with Him. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 18 and 20, 18 through 20. All things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's not just those people who stand behind the pulpit. That's not just those people who answer the five-fold ministry call. But He has given to every believer this ministry, this ministry of reconciliation, helping reconcile people to God, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. He has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Hallelujah. God in Christ... Christ in you, that's the pattern we're following. God was in Christ. It says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How was God with him? He was with him in the anointing. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. And Christ is in you reconciling the world unto God. 
Christ is in every one of us and we have this ministry of reconciliation not to do it on your own but to walk with God, to work with God. He's with you everywhere you go. When you get up and leave this place today and you go to wherever you're going to go for your lunch, He's going to be walking with you. When you drive home to take your nap to get ready to come back tonight, He's going to be walking with you. Amen? He's with you everywhere you go. He's with you everything that you do. He is a partaker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are called to be ambassadors for Him. Verse 20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. Hallelujah. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Hallelujah. We are laborers together with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. 1 Corinthians 3 9 says, We are laborers together with God. We are ambassadors for God, but we're laboring together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Hallelujah. We are laborers together with. That phrase is also used in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. We then, as workers together with Him... Beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain as workers together with Him. Hallelujah. Remember, we're walking humbly with God. We see that our work as we mature is not a work that we're doing for God, but a work that we're doing with Him. Acts chapter 15. I'm moving quickly through some of these because... I have a specific assignment today. Acts chapter 15 and verse 4. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. They declared all the things that God had done with them. So now we've seen three scriptural references laborers together with God workers together with God the things that God had done with them the fourth testimony is in Mark 16 20 it says the Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following Mark 16 20 four testimonies of the fact that God works with us that is his desire he does not want us working for him without him He wants us working for Him with Him. He wants to be a partaker. He's the one carrying the heavy load. He's the one one bringing a a supply to it. We bring our part to work with the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. I do have a, a specific assignment this morning because we are privileged to be graduating our class of FBIMA this morning. And this group of students have dedicated themselves and brought themselves to the Word in a way that has enabled a growth and a, uh, a, a stability to be planted in their heart. 
I mean, it's, it's one thing just to take the course, but it's another thing to take it with a hunger. It's, a, it's to come and say, I want this to help me know God better. I want this to help me find God's plan for my life. And with that attitude, this class of students has come to the Word and applied themselves to the Word and been diligent in their study and in their, their expectations to bring their very best to what opportunity God had provided to them. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 17, I need to give a charge to these. And whosoever will accept this, let this speak to you as well, because this is not just for these students, but this is for all of us to recognize walking with the Lord in ministry. As we read here in Colossians chapter 4, it's an instruction. And uh, we take this instruction uh, with a, a great um, seriousness. Verse 17. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you fulfill it. And as you've heard me minister to all of us today, we all have a part in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ because He is the head and we are His body. For us to walk in fellowship and communion with Him, for us to grow and to mature as children of God and recognize that our Heavenly Father, He is about His kingdom business, our Redeemer, our Lamb, Jesus Christ, he is about the Father's business and we as His body, we are to be about the Father's business as well. We are to take what God calls valuable and call it valuable in our life. We are to take the assignments, the design, the destiny that God created us for. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. How can the created one say to the Creator, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be what I want to be. I'm going to live how I want to live and expect to receive from the Creator the full benefit of His blessing. No, we come to a place of maturity to recognize and to understand it is God who has made me. He created me. He knows what I'm built for. I'm going to submit to His plan. I'm going to find out the details of His plan. I don't want anything but what God has chosen and purchased for my life. Amen? Hallelujah. His part of the body that He has created for me. I am a member of the body. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am a child of the kingdom and I want to be busy with what my Father is busy about. I want to be focused on what my Father is focused on. He said, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord. It's not automatic. A calling, an assignment, the design that God has for you, there must be an application of yourself to it. There must be a bringing of your attention and a bringing of your discipline. There must be a willingness to discipline myself in the things of God, in the purposes of God, so that I can be a vessel worthy of His use. So that I can be a vessel that God says is a faithful vessel, not a leaky vessel, not a damaged vessel, not a vessel that's untrustworthy, but a vessel that is a faithful vessel to carry the light 
into the darkness. He said, take heed to this ministry. Nobody can do that for you. Your pastor can't do that for you. Your pastor can help you recognize the call on your life, can feed you and, and, and help you develop in it. There are some things people back away from because they don't want the pastor to put any pressure on them about things. Well, if your pastor can't put pressure on you to help you grow, if your drill sergeant can't help you recognize, you don't want to be out on the battlefield. You don't want to be out on the battlefield having not learned how to follow instruction in the drills. You're going to be unsafe. Nobody will be able to to put their trust in you because if you don't learn how to follow the instructions of those that God placed you, you've got to bring your willingness to be discipled, your willingness to grow. And I'll tell you one thing that I know about Pastor Philip Steele is that he is built for building men of God. He is built to build leaders in the kingdom. There, he is, he is hardwired to help people step into the fullness, men and women, step into the fullness of their calling if you'll, if you'll yield to the instruction. Hallelujah. Take heed to the ministry. Nobody's going to do that for you. If you don't set apart and say, this is important to me, and I am going to set up those boundaries, and I am going to establish what is necessary for me to put God first, put God's work first in my life. If you don't take heed to it, the enemy will bring all kinds of other things. The enemy and your flesh will bring all kinds of other things to distract you from the purpose and the plan of God. Amen? And so he said, you have to take heed to it. You have to take heed to it. And then you have to fulfill it. Two different assignments. Take heed to it means I'm bringing my attention to it. I'm I'm giving it a place of priority in my life. I'm giving myself to that. I'm making myself available so that God can teach me what He needs to teach me, so that He can impart into me what He needs to impart into me, so that He can help me develop and and hone the skills that I'm going to need. I'm going to take heed to it. But then there's going to be a walking out of it. There's going to be times that are... I mean, a lot of people only want the glorious moments. They want those moments that seem really, ooh, that's exciting. But there's a lot of times that aren't exciting. There's a lot of times that it's just work. You know, it's more than just being able to preach behind the pulpit. Are you willing to come and turn all the lights on? Are you willing to come and get the, the sound equipment on? Amen? There are, there are a lot of things that go into just the moment of preparation for how the Holy Spirit wants to speak and how the Holy Spirit wants to move. So you've got to be willing to walk it out, to fulfill it. 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. Let no man despise your youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity... Be an example. Be an example. One of the things that pastor always tells the leaders is say, lead up front. I don't want my leaders leading from the back. I don't want the leaders being the last ones to bake it in the church service. I don't want the leaders being the ones sitting at the back doing the least. Leaders lead from the front. Leaders lead from the front. Be an example. 
Be an example. If you want to prepare yourself for the plan and the purpose that God has, be an example. On time is late. Early's on time. That's Faith Builders Rule 101 right there. On time is late. If you're here on time, that's late by Faith Builders time. Early is on time. Early is on time. That was one of the hardest things that I had to learn after I married Philip Steele. Because I was late. I wasn't even on time. I was late. And he had to teach me how to be on time. I mean, because I, I, would, I would be the one running down the stairs trying to put my shoes on, still trying to, and he's in the car with all the kids loaded in the car. Come on. I'm like, well, I got to get, you should have started getting ready 30 minutes ago. You should have gotten ready. You should be already ready. Amen. You're welcome. You, can, you don't even have to thank me out loud. You're welcome because I know that helps somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be an example. Be an example. Be an example of right living. Don't be the one going around spreading rumors. You know how, how he'll, we're, we're not ones to go around spreading rumor. But just so listen close because I'm not going to repeat it. Right? No, don't, be an example. Be an example of mercy. Be an example of compassion. Be an example of love. Be an example to the believers in everything that we do. Verse 13, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Don't neglect the impartation. Don't neglect the impartation that you receive. That you've received students from, from these times with Pastor Steele. Don't neglect these impartations, family of God, that you receive through these times that we have in the Spirit of God. These men and women that come to impart into our... We, we are, are honored we are honored. Do you know how honoring it is some of the people God has brought to this church? Because He's honoring you with these people. He's honoring you by bringing those, those gifts in the body, those generals in the body to utter things in this church. He's not bringing it because of our size. He's bringing it because of our hunger. God doesn't look at our size to see who He can bring to us. He'll bring people not because of the numbers in our church, but the hunger in our heart. Amen? Hallelujah. Be an example. Give attendance to the study and to the growth, the exhortation. And don't neglect these impartations which we're receiving. Meditate, verse 15. Meditate upon these things. Meditate upon these things and give yourself... Give yourself completely to them. Give yourself to the spiritual preparations. Give yourself to the impartations and the design that God has chosen for your life. And when you do, your progress will be evident to all. You're, you are not trying to let other people see how you've grown. God will take care of that. You, you be an example and you give yourself to the things of God and let God promote you if you need to be promoted. Amen? But you bring yourself 
and give yourself completely to them so that your profiting may appear unto all. Verse 16, take heed unto yourself and unto your doctrine. Take heed, again, this instruction, this, this command. Give yourself wholly and take heed to these things. The voice translation says cultivate all of these practices. The Weymouth translation says habitually practice these things. Habitually practice these things. Give yourself wholly and take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this you will both save yourself and them that hear you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will save yourself and them that hear you. Praise God. Praise God. And then finally, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 says, And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, these things, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Hallelujah. These things which you've heard, that you've learned, that you've had imparted, that has been made revelation to you. Don't let them stop with you. Don't let this be the end of that learning. But now you are able to teach. Every believer is to be a maker of disciples. There is somebody who doesn't know what you know. You may be at one level and you think, well, there's a lot more people who know more than me, but there are people who don't know what you know. So you find somebody who doesn't know what you know and start teaching them how to walk with the Lord as much as you've learned so far while you're learning how to walk further. Amen? Amen. You're receiving and you're supposed to be discipling. You're being discipled, you're making a disciple. You're learning from God. You're helping other people learn what you've learned. Amen. Amen? And so he says, these things I'm committing to you. I want you to commit them to faithful people who will also teach others. Hallelujah. Father, what an honor it is to celebrate the growth and the maturing that has taken place in these students this year. Father, I release my faith as I pray over their steps that they would recognize and discover your plan, your design, that they would submit to the head of the church and find their place in the body and be faithful in that place. Faithful for whatever you give them and assign and, and develop them in. Father, that they would be faithful and that they would stay true to the foundation that was laid through these teachings in this school. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Praise God.